Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. Glad to have you on board. Get to say good day to my co-host for the first time in a couple of weeks. Hello boys, Walshy, Lyle. Very good day, Tony. How are you? Marvellous, thank you. Wonderful to be exact. Wonderful. Just got some amazing news. You got some good hair. You, you had a nice little fresh haircut as well, I can see. Yeah. 0.5 on the sides with the blended in up the top. It's coming into summer, so you need fresh hair. Well, we wouldn't know it. No, you wouldn't. Would you? Fuck, it's cold. Yeah, no, it has been. Hello, Lyle. How you going, boys? Did you see a couple of weeks, Tony? Oh, a couple of months, maybe. I don't know. It's been a couple of weeks since uh, Collingwood saluted. Well, I don't yeah, think like your, hair, your hair definitely wasn't that long the last time we spoke. No, yeah. I was having a... Woo. Yeah, I did trim the sides well, a couple of months ago, and I just haven't gone back to the... You got you got a, a fade going there, Tony. I yeah, like no, it. It's a little, yeah. Hmm. Good. Thank you, man. I appreciate well, that. Well, she always has good hair. The, so kids, the kids are impressed. <laughs> uh, yes, What's congratulations to your Collingwood Football Club. I'm winning your yeah. flag. Congratulations for all the neutrals to get to watch a quality grand final. Do we do we actually yeah, a lot of do we all agree that that was probably one of the best matches of footy we've seen for a long, 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 long time? Well, if the result went the other way, I'd probably disagree. But it was no, it was no Richmond GWS uh, 2019 grand final, <laughs> but it was okay. <laughs> It was no uh, Collingwood versus St Kilda replay in 2010, Tony, but, you know, Geelong versus Port Adelaide in 07. Um, <laughs> no, the pressure I, was I'm so high. Fan, and I thought it was I yeah. thought it was amazing. And, you know, I, I wasn't anxious at all the whole day to be truthful. Oh, kidding me, I was. <laughs> uh, the pressure was high. Eat. And I don't even break free the team, exactly. The pressure yeah, was high. No, the was skill good. remained high. And it was just a, a great game of footy. A really, really good game of footy. Yeah. I've, I've watched it once or twice since. So. Yeah, once or twice in the last day. Uh, yeah. Well, hey. no, I haven't watched it for about a week. Enough of the enough of that bullshit. Enough of that, exactly. I'm, We're talking, talk- I'm actually in a chat with one of uh, our show's very good friends, mm-hmm. Slade Mercer. How is he? He's the going blade. to Japan tomorrow. He's Going to Japan tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay, no. He's two months, he's two months wrestling, early, isn't he? Wrestling for Land's End in Japan. Good man. How good's that? Big what tree gr- thick makes his return big, to Japan. 
Got a big up for Big Tree Thick. His name's it's not always Big Tree Thick though. No, it that's the best. Vary. That's the best part. The the loose translation, like when you're looking up match results for that um, Champions Carnival that you did a few years back, and it was Big Green Tree, Big Tree Thick. Amazing, amazing. Oh, that's good on him. Yeah, he's fantastic. To checking some of that stuff out on the socials when he um. No, we'll have to get him on when he gets ring. back. Speaking of Big Tree Thick, he actually put us in contact with the gentleman that we are about to speak to. Ooh, okay. Maybe we should speak to him. Well, I'll introduce him now then, Tony. We've got the writer, the director, the star of Mythos Ragnarok, which is currently playing as part of the Melbourne Fringe Festival. Welcome, Ed Gamester, to On the Turnbuckle. How are you, mate? <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm very well. Slightly tired, but otherwise sort of, you know, flourishing. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Today's your your one day off. You should be refreshed. Oh, I I mean, you know how it goes. If you ever work multiple shows, you fool if you take a day off. Everything gets much worse. Or your body realizes what (laughs) it's doing. Right. It pushes all the tide to that one day off. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Is this wait your first wrestling podcast you've done? I was going to say, what no, do you think of my own? No, I did. Um, I did a bit with Cultaholic. Um, oh, they're and... professional though. We're we're not. <laughs> this is nonsense. And um, oh lord, this is embarrassing because I did one last year when I was at Edinburgh. That I've now forgotten. I think, yeah, I've done, I've done a couple. I've done a couple, but I, they normally people call me when I'm in the middle of doing things, and I don't have a lot of brain at the best of times, so I can't remember, remember who I've spoken to. I look forward to you forgetting us next time you ask that question on a wrestling podcast. In <laughs> I look forward to this podcast being the most embarrassing podcast you've been on now. I no, said he's done um, cultaholic. How <laughs> about that? Um, so Ed, uh, talk to us a little bit about, um, the show, uh, what will people, what can people expect to see? Well, I mean, depends which people you're talking about, because I think wrestling people have different expectations to the general public, right? Wrestling people will, I suppose, expect to see wrestling, um, and there, there is wrestling in it. So rest assured though that base is covered um but what mythos does is it basically removes anything from wrestling that presents it like a sport which is weird obviously because wrestling has always been presented like a sport in that there is traditionally you know a ring uh, there's tr- traditionally a referee there are rules people are attempting to win uh, or score points or pinfalls or submissions um whereas mythos gets rid of all of that um, and instead just focuses on the fighting, like on the stage combat style. Um, because professional wrestlers have a form of stage combat that just nobody else can do. Um, I've worked a long time in, in stunts and in stage combat um, and in martial arts, and no one else can do what pro wrestlers do. And it's, it's strange to me that they don't do it more often outside of strictly professional wrestling, you know, the, the pseudo sporting context that is pro wrestling. So Mythos takes that and combines it with, with like storytelling and theater. 
um, so that you don't really need to understand who any of the characters are, much like a wrestling show. You know, you can come to see a wrestling show and you can learn the characters as they are introduced to you. Um, but in our case, we keep the same characters the whole way through the show. So you watch the progression of those characters like you would in a play. But um, but they do a whole bunch of wrestling. I think that's a, a decent synopsis. Yep. So there's heaps <laughs> of, there for wrestling fans, obviously. Um, if you wanted to take your significant other who's not a wrestling fan, what's the pitch? Um, for them, this is for it's, you, it's much more about... <laughs> yeah, it's a... It's much more about the storytelling. It's a storytelling show based in Norse mythology. Um, now, you don't need to know anything about Norse mythology to enjoy it, but the myths themselves, they're very over the top. They're very big and bombastic, um, very sort of simple storylines that have existed for a thousand years. Now, mind you, there are countless complicated Nordic names and incestuous relationships to try and keep track of, but you don't need to do that. Just you can just wrestling. sit back and enjoy <laughs> yeah, the similarities. <laughs> this is people keep asking me where I came up with the idea, and I'm like, why did nobody else? It's the same thing. They are <laughs> more than identical. Isn't that the truth? So it's a battle of the gods. So that means there's got to be orgies. Yeah. Oh, that's who his well, mind goes I every mean, time, Ed. Sorry. Is that, I think the orgies are implied. Oh, okay. You know. They have on stage. Just like all the ones you've been involved with, Tony. They're only all implied. All implied. <laughs> Definitely all implied. So talk us through the the initial, you know, the idea. Where where did it come from? What's your you know, your fandom of wrestling, like merging these two things together? You know, talk us through the yeah. start of it. Yeah, man. Well, my, my interest in Nordic mythology is is as old as I am, really. I can't remember exactly when I first became interested in it but all i know is that by the time i was a teenager i was already carving weird things in rooms and by the time i was about 20 years old i was studying ancient icelandic um at university so i don't know how that came about i just know that i've, I've known these stories forever so i can only imagine they were maybe played to me in the womb or something i have something weird like that um but the wrestling element is much more straightforward. I mean, I, I started pro wrestling when I was 16. Um, about you 10 years after so that, young. I got into football. You all start so young in the UK. <laughs> it's called grooming. <laughs> yeah, we, so we found that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all learned that the hard way. Trust me. Jesus. Like, yeah, there's not... Yeah, London is not the place for that, to, to learn how to wrestle. Uh, but unfortunately, that's what I did. Um... Yeah, and about ten, about ten years after that, I realised that the ability to, to to perform this kind of stage combat and fighting was was very useful in in TV and films. So I got into making TV and films, and got into stunt performance. Um, and it was through that that I realised that people really have a a total underappreciation for what wrestling actually is. Everyone only knows it from TV and they know the, the famous characters from the 80s, but no one really understands what we do as, as performance artists or as stunt performers. So I decided I would try and focus on that as a way of showing what I did and what my fellow wrestlers did in a completely different context. So that's how the, the idea to sort of do something new with wrestling came about. And then my own area of interest happened to be Nordic mythology and, you know, uh, 
a form of mythology that focuses heavily on incredibly large muscular men slamming into each other for glory. Um, I mean, I didn't really have to do very much writing. I basically just said, you know, and then wrestling. <laughs> uh, what was the writing process like for you? Have you have you been have you written much previously? Yeah, I fortunately I had that going for me. Um, I've written a whole bunch of stuff in the past, never a screen or stage play. But I've written various little books and, and stories forever. Um, it's been kind of my my thing. And then I, I don't know why it never occurred to me to write something I could then perform, being that I did writing and I did performing. I don't know why I never put two and two together. Um, it took this, would you believe? It took the Battle of the Gods before I <laughs> thought maybe I should perform things I've been writing. The, uh, the, the art of wrestling, professional wrestling especially, is normally – compelled by boundaries of the ropes and, and the ring itself to an extent normally it yes. ventures outside of that and that's when it becomes exciting is there sort of a, a an amount of excitement about not having those barriers to you and using up a whole stage for a performance yeah no great question because when we first started some of the you know the more vet wrestlers had a harder time working out what you do once you've got rid of turnbuckles and posts and ropes and things, because there's, there's such integral tools of mm. the trade um, and ring positioning. There's something that was drilled into us from a, you know, a young age or it doesn't go out the window, but it doesn't, you can't apply it in the same way. Um, there is also the constant risk that you will fall off the stage because there is nothing to hold you on. <laughs> um, so it was fascinating to watch to begin with, watching people, you know, bump and feed and, and go for the ropes or like the number of like clotheslines or back elbows that we were ducking and then like running to hit the ropes by, by sheer muscle memory. So that was fascinating to have to learn to use the space in a different way. Mm. Um but in a way, it's also, the referee it's very... for your loss would be another issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, we'll always find somebody to blame. There's plenty of characters. <laughs> it's never, it's never our fault. Um, but once you get around that, you know, it's it's strangely liberating. You have to kind of, and forgive me, but focus even more on the story that you're telling because there's even less flashy stuff that you can do. There's nothing to bounce off. I'm, I came from a Lucha background. I trained in the London School of Lucha Libre in, in my later wrestling years. Uh, so I got very used to relying on just, I'll just run up the ropes and do a flip. That Everyone will love that. Um, you can't do that in, in Mythos. You can flip off other people if you want to um, in more ways than one, I'm sure. But yeah, so that's been interesting. Interesting for everyone to adapt it. Much more like a stunt fighting thing um and it feels very you, exposing do you um improvise uh what's happening during the fights uh differently on a show-to-show -show basis or is it generally the same these days it's generally the same and that's strange because when i first started it i really wanted it to be a showcase of the art of professional wrestling like calling matches not necessarily all out there but at least you know uh, being fairly loose and free with it. And the idea of doing the same choreography every day was sort of appalling to me and to everyone else in the show because it felt very creatively stifling. But we're about 92 shows down the line now. And actually, there is a, a phenomenal amount of freedom in knowing exactly what your choreo is every evening and being able to present it slightly differently every evening and therefore really gauge the differences that each performance gets you know if you do a completely different match every time you can never quite compare 
how your stuff is getting over. Whereas when you do the exact same sequence each time, there's something about learning, man, if I just give, give it one more beat before I turn my back in this moment, if I happen to make eye contact with somebody at this moment instead of that moment, it becomes a really creative pursuit and you forget the moves themselves and you start focusing exactly on how you're telling the story of the moves, which deeply ironically is really the art of wrestling. So by doing less wrestling, we end up kind of doing more wrestling, which I never saw coming. Um, and I'm sure there's wrestlers listening to this being like, this sounds awful to have to do the same, <laughs> like four moves every night. But yeah, there's uh, something- John Cena made a career yeah. out of it. <laughs> so did I, but it wasn't really a career. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Rick, Rick Flair, Rick Flair and uh, Bret Hart, you know, Two of the best to ever do it. They were from, you know, a lot of their matches could be claimed as same-ish, but like you said, mixed up on the different emotions of the night and everything like that. I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, within our case, you know, we do a lot of shows. Yeah, and in quite a short space of time, really, we've been going about a year and we've almost done a hundred performances already. So you That's see a lot. a lot of people and you mm-hmm. Yeah, for a, for a new indie wrestling show, you know, we've done 16,000 seats or something so far. So you meet right. a lot of people in audiences. And th- these aren't wrestling fans necessarily. Some are, and you can tell, because they're vocal and they understand how they think they're meant to react and to an extent how we think they should react. But playing for people who have no idea how they're meant to react or how wrestling works is fascinating because... Moves that you and I would expect to go over, like DDTs, pile drivers, you know, impressive looking, heavy, like brutal things they don't understand. You do a DDT and unless someone absolutely comes down vertically and spikes himself, it just looks like two people fell over. They don't understand what happens. Whereas you kick somebody in the leg, kick them in the leg and they will lose their mind. My God, did you see that? He kicked him in the knee and the place goes, what? Sweet and they react to sound too. They'll react to sound a lot. Big time. Big time. But this is another thing I've learned. You have to be so careful, you know, because they're not quite sure how much of it's real and how much of it isn't. If they catch you like just doing like a leg nap or something because you did a super kick, you can see them go, ah, that's how they do it. It's not real. So it's actually, it actually pays off sometimes to make it less soundy, you know, less napping or chopping or whatever, and just lean into them going, did he actually kick him or, you know, chops and things? Obviously, that's going to go over all day Always. long. But It's um, the art of magic, yeah. isn't it? Newbies to a, mag- a magician show are looking for every single string and whatever it might be to try and catch them out. This would be exactly the same. Light of hand. You, you couldn't be more right. That is the analogy I, I've been making recently. I always say, and I'm sure you guys have said the same, that no one ever leaves the theatre or or or, or uh, uh, cinema saying, I don't think that was real. I think they were pretending. Because yeah. obviously they were. It was theatre or a film. But everyone comes out of wrestling trying to work out how they did it and what was fake and accusing people of being fakes. Um, and that analogy to magic is the same thing. I think it's because people hate being tricked. You know, we we're always trying to work out and explain it. Yeah. And the idea that maybe it just hurt an awful lot doesn't seem to go down. So people are like, how did he do that wrestling move without injuring himself? You're like, well, yeah. he didn't. That's the trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, trick the trick is it really fucking hurts. <laughs> yeah. And no one wants to accept that. You yeah. know what? This is, sorry, 30 years. Yeah, the... yeah. Or just now. 
So <laughs> you've written the show and you're thinking, we want to perform this. How do you go about casting? Well, it's been a couple of years. So these days it's different. Like these days says we've got a like a list people which is amazing and, and lovely people who want to be involved in the show which is is great but to start with there weren't very many people that really believed this was a good idea or that it would work <laughs> now, uh, now, you, now this this is perfect because you would have just been another promoter promising indie wrestlers regular work on a on a, a weekly basis they would have just seen you exactly <laughs> yeah. like that they did and the advantage of being a worker is i was at least a aware of how I was presenting myself yeah. um and yeah I mean I've been around I've not done the most wrestling ever but you know I've been around for a long old time so it was really important to me that I wasn't making empty promises for one thing but also that whatever we did was done the way I thought it should be done now that wasn't like because I thought there was a right way of doing it but I thought this is the way I think it should be done and I'll try doing it this way and I will learn down the line why other people don't do it this way like what what is it that idealistic ed has got wrong along the process um so yeah very fortunately for me because i've been around for a while and i've done i've trained people and so on i had lots of contacts and enough people who trusted me when i said look i'm going to do this and it's going to be done right and i'm not going to embarrass you and they lent me one we didn't really have any rehearsal time so we had a couple of evenings of trying to work out what the hell we are doing and then i just booked a place and we put it on one night in london um and bless their hearts they, they, there was no one on the show no one person on the show who i hadn't worked with personally because quite aside from how good anyone is it was about how safe everyone was and i didn't want to just bring random people in to be like yeah i can do some wrestling and then someone gets brain busted for real um so it was really important to me that i knew everyone was safe and respectful and the locker room you know because locker rooms can make or break wrestling shows and promotions um so yeah, to answer the question yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah basically I got lucky. People people trusted me. Uh, maybe I'm doing myself a disservice there. People trusted me because I tend to do what I say I'm going to do, no matter what the uh, the personal risk is, which, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I do love about this is that there's a lot of wrestlers out there who think that they're great actors. You've been able to actually find a group that are. Well, well, I say or are they? partly fine. Okay. Well, that's, that's see, there's there's the question. Some some of them had more acting experience than others. Obviously, all professional wrestlers are performance uh, yeah, performers correct. by trade, so they're all capable of performing a character. But there were people in the show who've never delivered a line of dialogue before, or ever made a, even a promo in a wrestling show, let alone had to remember the lines. Let alone have to remember the lines after you've just had a wrestling match. Maybe you got like choke slammed out your boots two seconds earlier. You then have to get off the ground and then remember three minutes of dialogue. I mean, that's, that's it's difficult. So what I did was I, based on the wrestlers I knew and that I wanted to work with and most importantly who fit the characters I tried to write the show around their skill sets so if people had great physical presence but weren't so confident with lines I'd make them a, 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 like a quiet stormy brooding character if there were other people that had a bit of acting experience I'd lean more heavily um, on, on them to do the lines and then when it came to who was going to do the extensive monologues and all the like running around I just decided I'd do all that because hell Someone had to. So if there's anyone who's going to look like a pillock out there and get it all wrong, it would be me. So I just cast myself as doing that. And look, but it's great, man. Reviews, the people... 
Now, keep going. Oh no, sorry, mate. I was just, I was just going to say it's amazing. A hundred shows down the line, almost how much more I don't want to say competent that, that that seems degrading, but how much more competent people are now as actors. They're not just saying lines; they're embodying characters. So it, it's not just showcasing how good performance wrestlers are. It's also helping wrestlers develop their performance skills in other ways. Um, and that's quite something because having been a wrestler in the film industry forever, no one ever believed I could do anything that wasn't just fall down. So uh, that's nice. And it must make you happy to see uh, people really embrace their characters and, and, and enjoy what they're doing. Cause they wouldn't be putting that much in if they weren't enjoying it. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, I can't really even put into words how much it means to me to see how committed people have been from the word go. Man, they, just getting involved in the first place, um, to take a risk on on me and on the idea. And then uh, you know, the sheer number of, of extra work everyone had to do just to get this show up and rolling. Um, and it's, it's mad to me that if a show comes up and somebody can't do it because they have another booking, how upset they are. Um, and I think the best thing of all is is backstage because I'd say at least half the cast are retired wrestlers and they're people who retired from wrestling because they just didn't like it anymore. They didn't like the environments they found themselves in. They didn't necessarily like the egos they were surrounded by. They got bored of promoters lying to them and screwing them over. And it's just, it's so nice to have created an environment where everyone feels loved and respected and taken care of care of you know when i said i was going to fly people out to australia obviously people's friends and family are like really like are, are you going to have to buy the flights and then he'll pay you back who's going to where are you going to stay what accommodation will there be how much will you be paid and it's really nice that people could say well no my flights are paid for my accommodations books i'll be paid a, a weekly salary at the start of the week i'm taken care of and the fact that that's rare is is scary and weird mm, to me and yeah. um, the fact that people within the show suddenly see their own worth and see how they should or could be treated as a performer i think that's lovely because they then go back into the industry with a different expectation um and then they don't get pushed around quite so much and as we know it's it's getting pushed around in this industry that puts you in really uncomfortable situations that you know if people felt like they could stand up for themselves a little bit more there'd be all kinds of things we would have avoided by now so it's a small thing but i'm really proud of, of what we've built together and now, what i've seen sorry, mate. what i've seen is i've seen your crew now twice out and about um spooking the show which is extra work they're doing because they believe in in it yeah it is it's, it is extra work but also um you know <laughs> They're salaried is the wrong word, but when people come out on the show, I make sure that they don't work more hours than they get paid for. So yeah, yeah on that night, for example, um, you know, everyone has an allotted amount of time they spend firing and they get paid for it. So if people can't fly because they've got another job, for example, then they can do their job and get paid to do the shows. If you can't hold down your job at the same time as doing the shows, then I'll, I'll pay you to fly and promote the show instead. It means that, you know, People can commit more time to the show because it's not going to be maybe five bookings in a year. It's just going to be doing the show. It might be 200 bookings plus the flyering stints and all your travel and accommodation is covered. So at that point, you can afford to say no to other jobs or, or go part time in your main job because it's not the rug isn't going to be just like pulled up from under your feet at any moment. So, again, it's not it's not a big thing. It's not a lot of money. But, hey, people are being paid and it, it will, we're working towards the same goal. So, yeah, thanks, man. I'm glad you spotted that.
I'm glad that it's actually between Norse gods because if you had heathens involved, they don't actually get to talk to the gods, do they? There's that separation of hierarchy. So it would be a pretty yeah. quiet play if you had to add heathens and gods together. It would have been much easier. I'd say that much. <laughs> like, some of my uh, some of my earlier like work in progress things for the show were, were much less dialogue heavy, or a lot more about you know summoning gods, and then the gods could just fight one another. That was much easier to just be like, oh god, it's it's Odin. Now he's going to fight <laughs> someone. Um, that was definitely the easier route to go with this show was just be like, oh, we just dress up as gods and wrestle. That's easy. Um, but, you know, come on, ladies, that sort of thing is basically pro wrestling anyway. And I thought it's kind of been done. I want to do something that is genuinely different with, with this. So, but yeah, for sure, dude, that would have been so much cheaper as well. <laughs> I understand. A final question from me, and then I'll pass over to the boys. Yeah, in regards to coming over to Australia to work and bringing your team of people over to Australia to work, was there a, a whole lot of things you had to do in regards to visas and stuff like that? It's not just a matter of all just jumping on a plane and landing in a stage and going for it. There's a, a lot of work that needs to be done in the background. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, it took months to produce this. There's there's everything, man. Like from, like you say, the visas, that was a whole thing. Um Fortunately, because we're coming over to the Fringe, and the Fringe is a registered charity yeah, okay. that allowed us to get a temporary activity visa. So as long as we don't do anything outside of our role at the Fringe, we're okay. It's when we start taking side hustles or like selling beer um, or selling t merchandise, you know, we can't do anything like that. But the visas was reasonably straightforward because it was an, uh, a, a charity and an arts mm. thing. Um, but the rest of the production is insane. Like we don't use a normal wrestling ring. So I had to build one for, remotely. Um, so I spent three days. The first three days I got over here, I spent angle grinding a spring to try and make it fit into the into the ring that I'd had constructed over here. Yeah, you sent um, me. He sent me the okay. photos. I can attest to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I sent people pictures of like the state of my own body at the end of it as well. It's like bits of me burned and cut off because I'm not a handy man. I'm not like a. I don't know what I'm doing. I had to borrow an angle grinder and pull a, a spring out of a car and just spend three anyway so i mean there's so there's the physical side of it then like you say there's the visa side of it and then there's just the financial side you know flying mm -hmm. 10 people around the world and then finding flats and accommodation for them and and making sure everyone's paid and making sure there's posters and flyers and all, all the normal crap you have to do for wrestling shows anyway on top of that yeah i mean it's a it's it's a monstrous amount of work but it's just i think it's important it, it oh, not only to get the show around the world, but to, to show to the people in the show that they're valued and I believe in them enough that I'm, I'll take a risk on that. Um, yeah. So yeah, a lot of work, but it, it will pay off. Good. Well, and then, we really, you, sorry, it, sorry. I just want to know what, what's, what's coming up next, yo? Exciting to kick off the international debut. It's good. What, what's next yeah. for, for you guys? Well, um, we're going back to the UK to do a, a Christmas show. We're going to do a Christmas show in London, uh, just one, but it'll be a, it'll be our biggest London venue so far. So that's exciting. Um, then we're meant to be back in Australia for Perth Fringe and Adelaide Fringe, but um, yeah, I have to work out how this run goes first because depending <laughs> how much money we lose in Melbourne, and that's not like uh, 
a, a cry. That's just the nature of having to come over for a small fringe festival and build a wrestling ring and move everyone around. You know, it was never going to make money. So we'll see about that. And then after that, um, we're going to do a stint in Canada, I believe, in in July. We that's that's on the cards, which is cool. Um, and then we're going to develop the show because at the moment it's quite fringe orientated. You know, it's about an hour long and it's quite snappy. Whereas really, where this show is at its best, when it's more like an hour and a half and it's got a lot more tech and a lot more bits and pieces that make it feel like gods and goddesses fighting and not just from people in a tent. So <laughs> uh, we're going to develop it next year and. Uh, and, and tour it around the UK, which is, which is cool. Now, the most important question, uh, where is the show running and how do people get their tickets? <laughs> most important, also hardest question to answer. Um, <laughs> the show is running in a place called Festival Park. Now, you may not have heard of Festival Park because it doesn't exist, which is very difficult when it comes to selling <laughs> tickets. So, Festival Park is a place that has popped up in Queen Victoria Market car park. There well, are everyone knows where the Queen Vic Market there. is. They do, but yet people still get there and spend 20 minutes looking for us because if you go on the wrong side of Queen Vic Market, you have to walk all the way around even to see us. So it's the, it's the main car park of Queen Vic Market. There's two big round tents. We're in one of those. Um, if you can't see us, just listen. You'll, you'll, you'll hear us. <laughs> and um oh, ticket sales yeah um it, well if you just google mythos ragnarok basically go to our website there's a link there you can go on the melbourne fringe website and try and find them on there um 40 to 45 which, bucks for tickets uh, so it's, it's very reasonable thank you that's very kind of you to say which yeah, is no, amazing because it's so much it's so much more money we did edinburgh fringe in august we sold 7,000 tickets in three weeks or something. Yeah. Um, but over in Edinburgh, you're looking at like 15 pounds a ticket and we get maybe half of that. You know, it's it's rough. So to come over here, I felt so uncomfortable charging $40 for a ticket. And to get here and have everyone say, oh, that's actually perfectly yeah, normal. Used to paying you that. Put it back, um, yeah, you put it back to your money. It's only 20 pounds. It's not much difference, is it? Yeah. Well, that's what we charge in the UK um, if we're doing a theatre. But it, to still be able to charge it in a fringe setting, honestly, it really makes a difference because, you know, we, we sold out in Edinburgh Fringe two years in a row and that doesn't happen to shows. And we still didn't make a penny because yeah. there's you can't. The, the, the ticket prices aren't high enough. So I'm very grateful to hear that. Thank you. Now, it's worse for us when we go over there and we pay £40 for breakfast and it turns out to be $95 or something <laughs> out of the account. <laughs> you think, my God, what have I just done for two eggs and a piece of bacon? I've just spent 95 bucks. You got two eggs for $95. Yeah, I should, I should have only got one. I know place. they were generous. That's why Tony's a buffet Sweet only now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Correct. Hey, Ed, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Good luck with the show. And I know the three of us are going to get there at some point. Oh, well, I don't know why she's been there already. Yeah. But, uh, no, no, I'm going Thursday. Oh, I'm you're going Thursday, this week. okay. Yeah. But Lyle and I definitely will oh, awesome. get there in the next week or so. It closes on the 29th of October. It is Mythos Ragnarok. And you get to see some spectacular wrestling, all as part of a uh, an amazing story in regards to uh, some Norse gods and the like. Thanks very much, Ed, for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for talking to me and bringing me on. And don't forget to use the code PAX50 when booking for your discount. Welcome to Intermission. Intermission. <laughs>
Welcome back after the intermission part two of the program. That I'm really looking forward to getting out and seeing that, Welshie. Yeah, I'm going Thursday. Oh, are you really? Thanks, Mad Invite. Thank you. <laughs> I'm dragging the third Steph along. Tony. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm I'm hyped to go see it, so I might. Uh, no, we'll go, go together. Along. along. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tony along. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely take someone's wife. So Tony's just wants to go with yeah. anyone except for his wife. It's what I've noticed. Well, she would, no, she won't along? get it. She seriously right. would not go. Well, it's not about wrestling. But it doesn't matter. She just the because the she's deaf, she can't hear what they're talking about. That's all right. So I'm taking her to the theatre. It's going to be a lovely night, and then surprise her. Mm. Yeah, and then take I'll the be boys. surprised. With, take the boys. I'll be surprised along. with papers delivered to me three months later. Take the boys along. Well, the boys would like it. Just don't open like, Tony. You're like 25 sons. Take a few of those along. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Strong sperm. <laughs> Good swimmers. There'd be, be dust by now. <laughs> They're not existent by now, I can tell you that. Uh, second half. Uh, let's go through what is going to be a interesting second half of the program and kick it off Probably with Coliseum this weekend. Yes, I was... Uh... Having a chat to one of the Coliseum participants on Saturday night, uh, Emin Azman, who's heading over for Coliseum. Very excited and very pumped and hoping to take out the tournament. Uh, he wants a sword. He does want a sword. I'm not sure he'll be able to get it back on the plane, though, so he might need to drive it back down. Good point. We've been to a Coliseum before, of course. We have. Yeah, We've performed at one. live Promote a live show for uh, Mark Moretti and the team up there. Yeah, oh, I'll tell you what this uh, this weekend's Coliseum. They are advertising live podcasts. Did we? Are they? We didn't get a we call. We not back. checked out. We haven't checked out on the turnbuckle email. Well, I know we haven't done a show, but we haven't cancelled, have we? No, nah, they don't want anyone entertaining this year, so they've probably just got Piers Austin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, oh, maybe they were emailing the B plus players. Yeah, they've probably done a show in between since we've done one. To be honest, I'm sure Jeff um, will be on it. Who, but who those weekends, is, who else is in this would, tournament? Isn't um, one of Tony's favourites in this tournament? Tony's favourite, and I'm assuming it's his pick, Jack Saber Jones. Oh, 100. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh. Yeah, he's headlining. Not all the posters, Tony. You would have seen it everywhere. Yeah, no, definitely my pick. Is yeah, there anyone in the tournament uh, that we haven't interviewed? Because there's cherries uh, in it. The velocities are in it. Bonds is in yeah, it. Bonds are. Uh, as we mentioned, is in it. Matt Grimbasso. We haven't had Matt. We haven't had Matt. So it's a good Jeez, lineup. A it's a good big lineup. Big man, Matt. I haven't, I, Matt. Matt will be good in that tournament. 
Yeah. Who wins? Looking forward to that. Well, that just looking at the first matchup, Jude versus Emin the first night. Check that out on socials. And that'll be pretty gift. Um, just watch gift, it on fight. Gift. Yeah, or watch it on fight. Uh, I think Delta wins. Ooh. Delta's my choice. Delta's your choice? Yeah. My choice is Harris to Silva. Oh, I thought you were going to oh. go Emin. No, I, I want Emin to win. Emin's who I'm yep. cheering on. Yep. Um, yep. But Interstaters don't have a great record in that tournament. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, Jack who, Sabre Jones for me. Yep, uh, that's a good choice. Well, he's got to get past Bonzer in the first round, Tony. Yeah, well, yes. Good luck with that. If yeah. he gets past uh, Bonzer, he wins. Right. Hey, folks, if you're in, uh, if you're up in Sydney on the weekend and looking for tickets, I can tell you there's still just a few general admission standing tickets available for both Saturday and Sunday. Otherwise, all other tickets have been sold out there at Liberty Hall in uh, Sydney. So Coliseum tickets, only a couple left. 55 bucks for a standing ticket for the Coliseum event is not bad value at all. And shout out to our ex-Jules who's going up there for that. So you will see him there if you go up. Oh, there's a pinball tournament up there as well or something, is there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure, you'll get, I'm sure you'll sneak some pinball in. I'm yeah, sure definitely. Definitely. And there's a tag gauntlet and PPK are in the tag gauntlet as well over the weekend. So well they'll win. Good friends of the show. They just oh, 100% win. they're gonna win. Yep. I don't so, know who else is in. Don't it. even have to announce the other teams. They don't need PPK to know who the other that. teams are. No, they just jobbed them all out all weekend. I think that um I also think that PPK can just run the whole gauntlet. Yep. In first, beat every team. Clean. Mm. Yeah. No. A lot of a lot of hair drags. Hey now a lot of uh, slaps. I've been pretty busy the last few days, so I haven't had the opportunity to check out my social media. But uh, what can you tell me about TK's X account? Well, I like to call it a Twitter account still. Formerly uh, known same as, as I, same as I still call it. Spencer Street Station. Yes. Um, What's it called now? Southern, Southern Cross. Cross. Oh, okay. Has been for 10 years. Stations. <laughs> More <laughs> than 10 yeah. years. I thought it was two different stations, to be honest. Okay. Fair enough. Um, well. Oh, TK was on one. That's probably what happens when you haven't slept for. Let's face it. We all tweet more when we're on the nose, eh? <laughs> I did see uh, a previous guest of the show have a. Nice tweet about that. Um, yeah. Well, actually, speaking to, of shout out to Rocky. speaking of Spencer Street Station, <laughs> is it true that TK's actually gone off the rails? Yeah, uh, no, he was on yeah. the rails. You have to add that rails. joke. You have to edit that joke to earlier in the conversation. It'll be magic. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm a bit delayed at the moment. I'm tired. <laughs> oh, it loses. It loses uh, over Zoom. That's the problem, Tony. No, yeah, he Luke. he was on one for sure, and I think he got in, he got in his own feelings. Probably lack of sleep doesn't help. Um, you know, losing the ratings you know, definitely didn't help. But I don't know what he was so stressed about. He went to a different night. Like, surely everyone thought he was going to lose. He didn't take it well, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't think he thought he'd lose by that much. No, and he didn't. But yeah, he didn't. Calling a moral victory Twitter, because less than sure. a million. Calling a moral victory because less than a million people watched NXT is a stretch. Well, he didn't. No, it's a moral victory because. John Cena and The Undertaker have never been seen 
by less people in a sh- one show before. Like, and I'd that argue, was a, I'd argue that Edge was... and Christian. Edge and Christian have never been together being seen by less on one show than they were. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. No, he didn't cover himself in glory, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Um he probably needs to have someone mind his Twitter account at this point. I think he just he just needs to tweet happy birthdays to his favorite son-in-law like another promoter does no just well, tweet think... match oh, graphics and tweet but is, shows and... is hunter yeah. still his favorite son-in-law after now vince has been kicked out of um creative and now it's just still hunter oh, yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't want to try and get in that man's head that's for sure but no you're right he just tk never recover stick to the business yeah don't worry about that so it's actually fun. It's actually funny. Stuff. We're talking about TK. We were talk- I was talking about him with a guy at work today. Him and his brother, and we didn't actually know where they'd made their money from. And Dad's just going, going, and I'm going sure through. It's... It was it's sort of family money. Dad owned a couple of football teams, and then TK all of a sudden become. Oh, it's not his money. No, far from it. No, I'd um, say he's been on a good wages. He, no, no, he's like every successful wrestling promoter. He got a loan from his dad and he had to pay it back or he'd lose the company within a year. Isn't that what the was in the early 80s? Meanwhile, the unsuccessful wrestling promoters have to start a band to get theirs going. <laughs> or they just ask the fans for money. Yeah. Oh, that's deathmatch promotions. They ask the fans for money. <laughs> or they sell cards uh, as tributes to people and then don't pay back until they're called out on it. Oh, okay. Geez, I was just I was just skimming past it and just going to leave it Shout hanging out. here in the air. But Shout just out going... to Joel Bateman. You, you, you whacked it out. You, you put it there to be hit, and it's been whacked. Oh, that was a that was just a nice hard volley that I just thought you'd let that go through the keeper. We just no, no, it needs to be move said. on. Needs to no, be no. Said. You're you're right. Oh, the I've had enough now. Enough. I want them shut. Like they've well, they're, they weren't even. They're not on the run sheet, but they 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 need to be closed down now. There's no excuse for anything they do. Um, anyone who sticks up for them is an imbecile. Um, well, anyone who takes their bookings deserves ridicule. Shout out to Texas Pete. Yeah, he did lose his hat over the weekend about it, didn't he? <laughs> and we we should say for legal reasons, the thoughts and words of Welshie aren't necessarily those of mine and Lyle, but they may be. We just don't know. They may be my thoughts, but I'm not going to verbalize No, exactly. We're not going to say them. Podcast. That's... <laughs> I'll oh, carry the can. The Elimination oh. Chamber, boys. Tell us about it. It's happening in Perth. Are you going, Tony? What's the go, mate? No, no. We haven't booked our accommodation. No, we're... we're waiting for you. Oh, have you? I thought, Tony, yeah. I thought Tony's booking the accommodation because we got the flights. Wasn't yeah. wasn't I meant to be working or something that weekend? No, you told me you were going to let us know what you were doing, and then you never let us know. <laughs> All right, well, I'll get back to you. Uh, you you probably won't though. No, no, I that's will. what you said last show, and that was three months. Oh, ago. and I going to be the backpackers at this rate? <laughs> hey, that's uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll tell you what. When it comes Sharing to Sunday night, we're men. still on, and we're still on Twitter. Just know we haven't gone to bed yet. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> no, Elimination Chamber in Perth in February. This is exciting. This is the biggest show ever in Australia. It's um... oh, it's massive. It's massive. I can't believe we get. Do we take our passport to go over there? Um, no, it's just doing COVID. I'm, I'm doing WrestleBrainia when I'm over there. 
So there's something else. There'll be a WrestleBrainia on the morning or afternoon before the show. Yep, yep. There's going to be a huge... BPW on the Friday night? Well, it's a it's a Australian wrestling super show. Super and show. I've heard That's a few awesome. of the names that are going to be on it. And I probably should buy a ticket now because it's going to be massive. We haven't even got tickets to that. When do the tickets no, actually they're go on, on sale? sale no, they're on sale. Uh, of oh. The chamber? I don't know. Yeah. But the what, tickets for the Super Show are on sale. What date is it again? Okay. 23rd and 24th that weekend? Yeah. No, we're, World Superbikes at Phillip Island. What? I'm working. You watch. So you got to watch a made-up. No, no, yeah. I'm working. I get paid to do it. Yeah, but you could just find out who's going to win and call it over. Call, yeah. the mat, call the race now and just send it to him. Yeah, but what Put if there's the a can. botch? What if there's a botch liar that he's going to work around? Yeah, but then like, it'll be someone on accidentally gets eliminated. Yeah, it'll be on Biker Mania or something. You'll be fine without me. Well, we'll probably prefer it, but we want to I make it look to... like we want you there. <laughs> no, I just wanted to split the accommodation three ways. Yeah, no, that's like, that was... To be still... honest. <laughs> Only because you're mates, I'll still pay for it, but... Oh, yeah, 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 we all know that's not true. No, that's really not true. <laughs> <laughs> this, this podcast... You'd be lucky to get back to if you were there. I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> no, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited. I've got some mates that you know, casual wrestling fans at best at the minute, and they're looking at going. You've got um, mates that aren't in this no, chat. Find that hard yes. to believe. That's the biggest That's... takeaway I took from that statement. Yeah. So the the Rock is being rumored to be flown out for this. Well, the Rock know? won't be coming out. He'll be back in Hollywood, but surely they're going to do uh, something with the Rock at Airs Rock at Uluru or something. Plus, but uh, plus it'll be pretty touch and go. I think he'll be. Pumping out that XFL. Uh, well, know, he might need to come stuff. out for the payday because he's got to pay for the XFL. <laughs> Didn't they just yeah, merge with another company? Yeah, the CFL and something. You know. No, I think he, he's got a long future in um, fundraising. XFL is the impact wrestling of um, football, yeah? Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah, no one's watching yeah. it. <laughs> It's no. there, and if you watch it, you might have fun, but no one's watching. Yeah. Um, but you know, Jonah will be in a big, a big spot. You'd assume Rhea definitely. Rhea's Rhea already all over the posters, and I reckon Wahlberg or what's his name, uh, Waller will be in a good spot too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he'll be shit canning everyone. Yeah, he'll he'll. I hope they don't have him shit on Australia because no one's going to want to go with that. No, I don't think you know. Be a bit smarter. No, nah, they'll have, some, about, they'll have um, someone. Surely they have someone come out to shit on Australia and he defends it. Hmm, maybe I don't yeah. know, but he's a heel. What, but I don't know if he'll get booed. Yeah. What about the Undertaker? He's got his one man show. We all got tickets to that. I'll be avoiding that. Okay. Uh, no okay. interest in seeing Mark Calloway talk rubbish for a, an hour and a half. Yeah, one man I show. Try, I didn't even get through his documentary. I, I couldn't even get through his documentary. Anyway, we'll talk about it more as it gets closer. Barely getting through a match. Yeah. We'll talk about it more as it gets closer. We'll have at least one more show before then. Well, I mean, for our Perth listeners, if anyone's got a spare couch, Lyle and I might need it. We've just found out. So, Jeez. yeah. Well, you know, see, there's definitely one person that's going to put you up, isn't there? Stormy. Me? Hey? Yeah, the grandfather. No. <laughs> yeah, he's got about he's got about ten kids though. Yeah, well, I might not have room in the yeah, storm. They'll all jump into one room, and you guys can take the other beds. Stormtrooper might not have room. That's true. Hey, uh, MCW, tell us about their show. 
on the weekend, Welshy? I really enjoyed it. It's the second show in a row that I thought's been really, really amazing to go to. So um, every, the first half of that show was as good as I would have could have gone home at intermission and I've been very happy. Um, so would the Erica, rest of the crowd there. Erica Reed returned and her and Aisha oh, had a fantastic oh, match. Good. Um, Erica was pumped after the match. She's really happy to be back. It's great to see a friend of the show. Um, the match right before intermission, which was Jarvis versus Delta. So you, the most over baby face in the company versus the most over heel in the country, probably. Um, and the crowd was so hot for it. It was a brilliant match. Um, Delta wins the titles. Yay. Um, it was, uh, watch it for that match alone. Uh, uh, I've seen on socials you said, and a few other people agreed with you, that match could have main evented the night. It was that. Oh, no, no. I think should have main evented the night. Is well, the there you go. Most people are saying, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, a, obviously, it was, it's Fight to Survive. So they have Survivor Series, and that tends to be the last match. But I think it's the hottest story that MCW have told post pandemic by a long way. And I think that you. Like, I would have loved that to close the show because the crowd were just there for it. Um, Wake and Rapid, Ryan Rapid had a match. Um, not much time, but the crowd loved it. And um, it was a crowd that started quiet and then they were into it by the end. They did, like, it was what you'd expect from a Wake and Ryan Rapid Car match, crash. basically. Um, yeah, they almost murdered each other. Um, yeah, in the main event? The main event was the Survivor Series match. Uh, Emin over as fuck, by the way. No, oh, really? Yeah, the crowd good. were chanting Golden Boy with vigor. Um, so I'm I'm really happy for Emin. Um, Slex got the win. Um, something different. And he'll have his match against Buddy Matthews at some stage. I think February. That, I'm really looking forward to that. That should be a good match. Oh, oh, it'll be a great yeah, match. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a match of the contender it, it, it hasn't even started yet. It'll be a chance to be the best match you've ever seen. Um, MCW yeah. made some announcements as well. They got a Sunday show in December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. December tenth, Sunday, three PM kickoff. That's interesting. We got our family Christmas party that day. Fucking hell, you are all booked up, aren't you, Tony? What time's the party? Wrestling on is busy. Well, Saturday night would have been better for me. Jesus, the one time. I'll give them set up your call, okay, see please. if they can reschedule it for you. Please do. Yeah. And then in the of February, we're, we're going to have header. a busy month in February. Double header, MC anniversary, Saturday the 10th and Sunday, Sunday the, the 11th 10th. at 3 p.m. Yeah, it isn't it? No, no. Saturday the 10th and Sunday the 11th oh, of February. February. Yeah. So that's going to be um, double header. Tony's busy. No, well, hang on. I might be confused now. Maybe the Christmas party's on a Saturday. I There's no might be on you being confused, Tony. This is February, Tony. Tony, we're December. December anniversary as well. weekend. December the 10th is this year. That's Sunday. Yep. And yeah. then next year, the anniversary show is a weekend. Oh, Saturday okay. Saturday and Sunday, doubleheader. Okay, Ripper. Yeah, if anyone yeah. wants to get their crowns out and write this down for Tony and send it to him, 
to help him understand. Please do. <laughs> uh, and uh, now I did hear rumours going around that you were the star of PAX. Of course I was. Uh, we lost. Did you win the battle? Um, but I don't think, oh. I think it was, I think it was untoward, hmm. to be honest. Shenanigans? Um, the referee was scoring my team with pictures of ducks. What? And the other team with How numbers. much were the ducks worth? I thought they were worth a lot, but it turns out they were like cricket ducks. Oh, zero. Oh, you don't want to get uh, who was the who was the referee? Referee was Jamie Wilson, um, who I've been on a team with before. We're going to have words. Yeah, well, I'll never see him again. Hmm. Drop him Maybe on his head. I was in cosplay. Yeah, um, did you go? So as? there's every chance. I went as myself as. As myself, hmm. I just wore something Cosplaying ridiculous. Yourself, yeah, like most of the cosplay there, it was average. <laughs> uh, did you did you do a lap around packs and uh, get involved? Not in my people? cosplay, no, not in my cosplay. No, I didn't do a lap at packs. I, I did what I always do at packs. I went to the bar. Yeah, I had some drinks. I did my show. I went to the bar, and then I left. Yeah, and you were responsible. One drink before the show, as a brainier rule. Yeah, yeah. No, I had three before the show and one after. I thought that was the rule. No, oh, I wasn't no, going to come to Pax, but I was a Bathurst. around the wrong way. Oh yeah, Bathurst. That would have been mm. delightful. I thought. I'm pretty sure I saw you there, Tony. You were dressed as Mario. If there was anyone dressed as Shrek, oh yes, I saw that photo. He did look likely. He looked like he looked like honestly, he looked like if you had sex with you and had a kid, that's what he would look like. Okay, well, I've done the first part of that, I just haven't been able to successfully. (laughs) (laughs) You did say earlier it is dust now, so yeah, uh, keep trying, Tony. Love you all. We'll wrap it up there. Catch you next time. We do another show right here on the turnbuckle. (laughs)